Hello everybody! Welcome to BlendCurveYou.com My name is Jazz and I'm here to introduce Blend. Take it away! Oh, thank you Miss Jazz and what a privilege it is to have you here with us again on this week. And to all of you, I am so honored that you decided to tune in on our podcast today. So thank you so much for that. And let me tell you what is happening. Uh, This week, we do have a brand new series starting, and it is entitled, The Called According to His Purpose. You will recall, probably last week, I had let you know that we would be broadcasting this on Periscope Live, and this week, we have a condensed podcast version just for you all that couldn't make it. So if you would, take this time to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, a snack, something to drink, settle in BCU family, and let's talk about who we are in Christ. We are the called according to his purpose. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, so our study is going to come out of the book of Romans chapter 8. That's going to be our main basis, and we're going to have some supporting scriptures or some foundational scriptures to go along with that as well. So let's let's talk about some foundational scriptures and some concepts first, and we'll go through everything uh, accordingly. So with the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, I want to go very quickly, very briefly to verse 28. Uh, it's a very familiar passage of scripture, and it simply says that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. And when this scripture is said in a church setting, most times, it evokes a very emotional response. Uh, we agree with it, which we should. It's the word of God and it's true. Uh, sometimes the spirit is high. There's, there's worship and praise and it's said, and we go out of that service with that word and we feel invincible. What happens sometimes is in the days coming after that, The enemy will bring a temptation or trial or situation where we forget that word that we heard and we immediately run to God seeking deliverance or asylum from the situation that the enemy has brought to us. We might start fussing, complaining, murmuring, or even doubting that God cares about what it is that we are going through. Now, that is not to condemn anyone that is listening. It does happen to the best of us, myself included from time to time. And in praying to God about that, we really need to reinforce our attachment to the foundation. Go to Luke chapter 6. Really quickly, if you can turn with me there to Luke chapter 6 and head on down to verses 47 through 49. Jesus said here that whoever comes to him, hears his words and does them. He is like the man who built a house and he digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. So that when the flood came 
and the stream beat vehemently on the house, it could not be shaken because it was founded on a rock. Conversely, those that hear the word and do not follow it, they are like the man that built the house without a foundation, just on the soil or on the earth. When the stream beat vehemently, notice the flood didn't even get a chance to come. The word says that when the stream came, the house immediately fell and the ruin of that house was great. Family, we have got to dig deep and make sure that our foundation is on solid rock. That starts with Jesus down on the inside. You have to have the Acts 238-39 experience. That is the only foundation to build on. All other ground is sinking sand. So with the Holy Ghost on the inside, in addition to fellowship with our church family, uh, being in a good Bible-based, spirit-filled church, we need to have a steady diet of prayer, the Word, and applying the Word of God. Notice in Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, whoever hears and does his Word, and that's also confirmed in James chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. So God wants us to hear the word and to do it. And that's going to help us to stand in the storms of life. So that brings us to the importance of this study. This is why we need to know who God says we are and we have to believe it. If we are ill-prepared or get caught out in a storm, the enemy will present situations where we start to doubt God and who he says we are. You know, God tells us that we're victorious. He tells us things like we are more than a conqueror. If we don't walk in that, if we don't believe it, we are very likely to make decisions based on emotions, immediate and temporary need, things along those lines, versus hearing what the word of God says and walking in it. If we are not careful, family, we will get taken full advantage of. Think about how many decisions that we've made hastily and in regret because we did not heed the word of God. We didn't trust who he said we were in him. So this is why, family, we need to dig deeply and get grounded and rooted in who God says we are. Grounded, the word grounded is a builder's term, and it means attached to the foundation, not propped up, not leaning on, securely attached forever. So if the word of God, if if Jesus is our foundation, we are attached to him. And because Jesus is the word, we are attached to the word of God, securely attached forever. Rooted refers to stability. The deeper the roots are, the stronger the plant. Think about that. So we want to be planted or rooted in the word of God. 
This way we know who we are in the good times, and that's great, and also in the trying times. Amen? Amen. We really need to take the entire book of Romans into account and step through, you know, chapter by chapter. For the sake of time, I'll do a quick reference as much as I can here and feel free to read the book of Romans throughout the week. So Paul wrote this letter to the Christian Romans who had started this church that was made up of a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. This is important information because many of the Jews still went by the law and in some of the New Testament expected the Gentiles to do the same, like eating certain foods, circumcision, things like that. Romans chapter 1, chapters 1 through 3, speak on the facts of the gospel. Chapters 3 through 5 on how we are justified in Christ. Chapter 6 talks about how we are free from the power of sin. Chapter 7 talks about being free from the law. And in chapter 8, it reminds us of the love of Christ and how he frees us from sin and who we are in him. So let's get started. And rather than just saying that we are the called and and reveling in that, let's see what goes along with that calling. So looking at Romans chapter 8, so you can turn there and go to verse number 1. That reminds us of who we are in Christ Jesus. So we are filled with the Spirit and we walk in it. We are no longer condemned or penalized. Let's talk about the word walk. The Greek word for walk is peri or peto, meaning conduct my life, to live, to be occupied with. So spirit-filled people, think about that. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we are walking in the spirit, uh, the penalty that we were under when we were walking in the flesh, that's been paid. And we are no longer to feel guilty or ashamed or to allow people to make us feel badly about who we used to be. I remember a few years ago, I was reunited with some old friends and one of them said, you know, do you, do you know what I remember about you? And just in that moment, the Lord had dropped in my spirit that she would recall some unsavory detail about my BC before Christ days. (laughs) And immediately uh, I just said to her, you know, with the grace of God, oh, girl, you know, that was before I knew the Lord. The folks around us laughed and she never did, you know, say what it was that she remembered about me. And I'm glad about that because as far as the East is from the West, that's how far my transgressions are removed from me. And that's Psalm 103 and 12. God calls us no longer condemned. Remember that. That's what he calls us, no longer condemned. No one should make us feel guilty about anything that we used to do. Okay. So coming up next, let's talk about walking in the spirit. So verses two through four reminds us that if we are following after the spirit, the spirit of God, 
we are not practicing or intentionally sinning over and over and over and over again, making choices to sin over and over again. When we do stumble or make mistakes, which we will do, we do not use that as an excuse to continue to willfully sin. When we choose to continue or walk in the flesh, and there are certain things that happen when we walk in the flesh, for example, you know, lying or adultery, fornication, drunkenness, envy, idolatry, witchcraft, wrath, jealousy, lewdness. These things can be found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. If we're walking in the flesh and those things are happening, yes, condemnation or punishment does await. That condemnation, um, that's what's going to happen. And you don't inherit or enter into the kingdom of God when you're walking in the flesh. So we walk in the spirit. We are free from the law of sin and the death that that brings because of Jesus dying on the cross for us. He's paid that penalty. So with God's help, our mission is to continue walking in the spirit so that we don't walk in the flesh. Remember, walk means to live, to conduct your life, to be occupied with. We don't walk in the flesh, acting out carnally rather than what Jesus would have us to do. For if we live after the flesh, we will die. And that means to be eternally separated from God. But through the spirit, if we're walking in the spirit, we do mortify or make dead the deeds of the body. We will live. And that's eternally with heaven, in heaven with our God. Also, Our business is minding things after the spirit. I love this because Paul brings this up over and over again. So it's important for us to get this down into our hearts when something is mentioned more than one time. As a matter of fact, verse five is very clear in Romans chapter eight that there are only two sides. You either mind the things of the flesh or you mind the things of the spirit. If you are spirit or Holy Ghost filled, We mind the things of the spirit rather than the things of the flesh. Amen? Amen. All right. So as a result of that, we have life and peace. And that's in verse six, rather than death. Think about the peace that comes with having Jesus down on the inside and walking with him. Mark chapter four Verses 35 through 31 tells the story of Jesus being asleep in the back of the ship when a great storm of wind and waves came and beat on the ship full of disciples. So as this storm was just coming out and and, and the wind and the waves were going, the disciples began to panic and they woke Jesus up and said, you know, master, don't you care that we perish? And all Jesus said was peace, be still. And the calm came about. That is the God that we serve. The one who wants us to lay down and sleep peacefully, even in the midst of the storm. And not only physically, but just in our hearts and minds. So while 
This doesn't speak to who God says we are. Because we have him, we get these benefits. So with God, we have life and peace. Amen? But wait, there's more. We have power through the Spirit of God. In verses 7 through 13 in Romans chapter 8, Paul emphasizes that while walking or conducting your life in the flesh, there's no way that you can please God. You don't have his spirit and you are none of his. Those who are Holy Ghost filled, we have that spirit on the inside. So he gives us life through the spirit and power over being dictated by the flesh. Again, Paul repeats this several times, apparently as a warning to ensure that we do not continue in sin Otherwise, we die or we are eternally separated from God. So we've got to stay in the spirit, family, and we will live. Next, we are the sons of God. And that's in verse 14 of Romans chapter 8. We are the sons or children of God. Again, those who are led by the spirit. We are not in bondage to fear. We've been grafted into the family adopted by Christ. So a side note here that's really interesting, that in the Roman culture, anyone who was adopted into a family now identified with their new family and had all rights and shared in the inheritance, just like someone that was born into the family. Similarly, we are no longer a part of the adversary's family and we no longer practice his ways. We gave up that trick inheritance and that shaky, temporary, deadly promise or promises that the adversary offered. And we traded that in for the true inheritance, promises, and privileges that God gives us. We can now say, Abba, Father. And Abba is a word that is translated meaning daddy. And that's what young children call their father. It's a, it marks a close and intimate relationship where there is complete trust. So we can cry, Abba, Father, to our God, knowing that we can trust him and what he says. And the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This is so significant, family, because God calls us his children. People can claim to be the children of God quite a bit. You hear that, but you cannot just walk any old way. You all see it here in the word and label yourself a child of God. No sorry, Bob. This is a privilege that is reserved for those of us who have Jesus down on the inside. Once again, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you have had that Acts 2, 38, 39 experience, then you are a child of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We know who our father is. We are adopted into the family and our father is Jesus. Yes, indeed. Rejoice, family. Rejoice. 
All right, so that brings us to our next point, and we are in verse 17 of Romans chapter 8, and that lets us know that we are heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. So while we are in the royal family, we got adopted into the royal family, and we read that earlier, um, we can't expect royal treatment in this present world. You can see that in verse number 17, it says that we suffer with Christ so that we can be glorified together. Don't let that steal your joy, everybody, because verse 18 follows it up. And Paul says that he reckons that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with with the glory that will be revealed in us. So what's coming is what's better than what's been. So as we're going through our season of trial. Just know that what we read before, there's no condemnation and that we are walkers in the spirit and we are doing the word of God. Remember to keep that in mind. That does not change. It does not change no matter what season that we are in. And that's going to bring us to our next point that we are the called according to God's purpose. Everything that we've read before comes to this point that all things work together for the good to them that love God and that are the called according to his purpose. And the word called, the Greek word is klesis, and that means appointed, specially appointed or summoned. So think about that. That is some serious business right there. And then purpose is, that means intended or deliberate result. God called or summoned or appointed you out and chose you and chose this life, this situation, this issue, blessing, family, friends, job, neighborhood, coworkers, skin tone, personality, gifts, talents, everything for a deliberate result that pleases him. For it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's Philippians chapter two, verse 13. So it's in our best interest to embrace what God has for us with his grace. It's all for a deliberate result. Sometimes we see and understand it right away. Sometimes later on, And maybe not until we get to the other side of heaven. Our duty is to trust our Abba Father. All right, family. Well, that's going to bring this particular part of the study to a close. I know. I know it was getting good for me as well. We plan to finish up Romans chapter 8 on the next time that we're together. So I want to thank you all so much for taking time out of your schedule to stop by BlendCouragesYou.com. And until the next time we're together, may God bless and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and you all, please stay on the wall.